When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is episode 30 after our interview special with Norrin Sodiase last time out. Um, by the way, if you have not listened to that interview yet, I would do so before March Madness. It's really interesting to listen to the players. Now we, it's the four of us. We have the whole team here. Obviously, I'm making. I'm here with Jack, Reed, and Kendall. We're going to be going over everything we can think of March Madness related as it pertains to tech. We're going to talk brackets. Uh, we're going to talk maybe some seeding issues. We're going to talk about tech's national title run, what it would look like theoretically, who'd they run into, what would they need to do. And we're going to talk about, like I said, our brackets. We're going to take a look at maybe our lead eights, final fours, and kind of take a look at who's thinking what for the different conferences, the different teams, who's got upsets, who doesn't. Uh, but we're just going to jump right into this. First thing, obviously, on the agenda is we're going to examine Tech's opening game. Um, it's Montana State. We're going to take a very brief look at the Bobcats, as they're known, uh, out of the big sky. We're going to take a brief look at it. By the way, read on the site. We have a couple of articles up about them, including one I, I interview I did briefly with a guy who covers the big sky from Mid-Major Madness. Um, if you want to get an expert opinion, we've just, you know, all taken some looks at them themselves, done a little bit of research. None of us can claim to be authorities on Montana State. So I'm assuming most of our analysis is going to be focused on the tech side of the ball. But, you know, let's get right into it. Let's really talk about what tech needs to do to avoid a monumental upset in the first round. I'm going to open this one up to Reed first. Reed, you're taking a look at tech coming in off of the loss against Kansas. Um, you know, what are, what are, what, what, what's the big thing tech has to do in this game to make sure that Montana State, you know, can't score what would be a pretty massive um, uh, upset? Yeah, I don't really think there's anything um, necessarily on, on, on your end that you need to do to keep keep them from winning the game. Uh, you, you know, by by that, I mean, I think as long as you just play your own game and don't, don't shoot yourself in the foot the whole time, uh, there's no reason you shouldn't have any problem beating, you know, 14 seed in Montana State. Um, you know, some of the, some of the like, bigger issues I recognize with, uh, you know, with, with playing Kansas last time out, uh, you, you know, in the long run, that game's not going to kill you if you lose it. So it didn't, I mean, it didn't really do anything for us uh, seeding-wise or anything to lose that game. Uh, but, you know, just watching, I would say, and with just like having an eye test is, uh, you know, Free throw shooting and turning the ball over have been kind of two bigger problems that we've had recently. Um, you know, free throw shooting has been hit or miss, I guess, but turning the ball over has been something kind of like what Odiase was saying the other day. That's just not been, you know, kind of a normal issue for us. That's kind of turned into a problem, uh, I would say, in our last our last few outings uh, in terms of losing um, some games to Oklahoma State and stuff like that. So I think if you just, you know, kind of play a clean game, Nobody really has to do anything special, in my opinion. You play 
clean game, get a couple guys in double figures, you should uh, you shouldn't have any major issues this first first round. I think I think most people would agree. You know, when you look at Montana State, this is not a team most would describe as being one of those like scrappy underdogs who was underseeded because of conference or whatever. No, they they just aren't very good. Um, you know, the big sky is not very good. That isn't to say that anybody who makes the NCAA tournament isn't, you know, someone you can like ignore, but you should beat Montana state playing a bad game. You should beat them handily just playing. Okay. Um, they do have a big man that they run most of their stuff out of. So tech has to do a good job taking him out of the flow of the game. If they're successful in doing that, it's game over. I mean, you can look at Utah state as an example last year's, um, March madness, uh, run, as, as an example for how tech has to approach it in both situations, you had one guy who's basically the whole, you know, the whole focal point of a team's offense. Um, the difference is this time is Montana state's big is not as good as the gentleman from Utah state was, um, you know, in Montana state's overall, just not very athletic. They don't play particularly good defense. They're not a great offensive team. Even their, their big, who is a talented player is not particularly large. Um, I, it, it's one of those situations, which, there's not much you have to do to win this game besides just protect the ball and take care of business on the defensive end. You know, just if you rotate soundly, you'll beat this team pretty handily. Hell, I don't even think you have to shoot the ball better than like 25% to be Montana State. I'm 100% serious. They're the kind of team, if you take away, they're, they're big in the middle. They don't have the guards to take you, and they don't have anybody on the bench who can take you. So you you this game may be close-ish early just because that seems to be how these March Madness games go. You know, the first round of the tournament, you see a lot of these high seeds need a little bit of time to get separation. But this is a game might expect Tech to win by 15 or 20. But I'm all, I'll open this up to Jack as well. Jack, you know, or is there anything you're concerned about in this first matchup that Tech needs to avoid doing in order to make sure they're not upset in this game? Uh, I think uh, one thing that uh, other than – you know, free throws and turnovers, as Reed mentioned. Um, I would feel like, you know, you, you said that they have a lot of their offense goes down through their big man. I can't even think of his name really uh, off the top of my head. But uh, I imagine that their game plan will probably be to get it down low and try and draw some fouls on our uh, bigger guys, uh, probably Bryson Williams, uh, O'Banner. Uh, I'd look for Bacho to get some serious run in this game if that does happen. Uh, my thing is you, we all know how, uh, those Frenchmen on our team can rack up the fouls very quickly. Uh, both Nadolny and Bacho have been known to rack up three or four fouls within two to three minutes at a time. So, um, my, uh, my only worry would be to, uh, watch the fouls. Um, I'm really thankful to not be playing a big 12 game. So we don't have the just absolutely god awful officiating that comes with the Big Twelve Conference, uh, but uh, that would be my main issue. Or other than the free throws and the turnovers, would be just to uh, just to be not play tentative, so to speak, but just to watch our fouls and uh, not get in on over our head with anything. Yeah, and lastly, I'll let. Kendall closed out our discussion of this first opponent, and then we'll get right into the more meatier part of the tournament, which is round two. Kendall, is there anything at all you're looking at that, you know, is an area of concern that could make this a closer contest than we're expecting? Um, I think just the rebounding aspect. I've been a little worried with our rebounding as of late, uh, especially when we've started to see some bigger guys like that Musa Sise from Oklahoma State. McCormick killed us on the boards. 
it seemed like he just was always causing issues down there. Eddie Lampkin for TCU gave us hell uh, in Fort Worth. And that's just some stuff that needs to be cleaned up. And especially when we're playing probably one of the better big men that we'll see in this tournament, especially on the glass. Uh, You know, I don't think there's – this Montana State team, uh, it's probably not one that's going to beat Tech. I just don't think the talent lines up. But they are a dangerous team that could give us a little bit of a scare early on. Um, if anybody remembers our matchup with uh, Northern Kentucky or even a better comparison would even be Stephen F. Austin from that Elite Eight team. Uh, they remind me a lot of that team. They're pretty athletic and quick, uh, so they might be able to cause some chaos. Uh, but I think Tech should handle this game pretty easily. Um, Our guards... I mean, the one thing that our biggest advantage throughout the tournament to me is going to be the fact that um, our guards, with how tall and lengthy we are, are going to create so many issues, especially on short preparation for a lot of teams. Like uh, Montana State, you just can't prepare for that type of length. Like, you can't simulate it. You can't do anything uh, until – arms McCuller and Shannon are right in front of you so I think that um defensively I'd like to see us kind of forcing a ton of turnovers this first round because we're going to need to do that especially if we get mashed up against Bama in the second round I think that we're going to need a pretty good start to causing turnovers and creating chaos because it's going to be really important down the line so we're not going to spend any more time on Montana State, personally, just because the idea of wasting more time talking about it, you know, entertains the idea that we might lose that game. And if Tech loses to Montana State, I will be apoplectic. So I don't even want to think much about it. Um, we're going to move on to round two. Um, we're going to start getting into what the journey is going to look like. So if you take a look at the bracket, Alabama will be facing either Rutgers or Notre Dame, both pretty tough teams, um, you know, but both in their own right. Notre Dame in particular – is one of those teams that, you know, had some rough stretches but could give Alabama a chance. Alabama's problem is Alabama had games where they just straight up played bad basketball, and then they'd have games where they played, like, out of their minds phenomenal basketball. Um, you know, and that, that that that's a question Tech is going to face is, is an inconsistent Alabama team. You know, this is the same team that beat Baylor that also lost a bunch of, you know, inexplicable defeats. Um so I guess I'm going to assume for the sake of argument that Alabama wins. I'm going to assume that the first being in the first four is challenging and then turn around playing a team like Alabama. I'm going to assume Alabama gets past that game. Mm, uh, I don't know. I don't I don't know. Maybe. I, I'm, I, I'm not confident like in that. A... I'm well, not confident in that assessment, by the way. But I think, you know, I'll let Kendall talk about this. But, you know, for the sake of argument, we do have to assume somebody wins that game. So I think that Rutgers more than Notre Dame, especially. Like Rutgers this year, they really struggled early. Their non-conference was – they didn't even play great teams and they took some really bad losses early. But that second-half Rutgers team – to me, like without those early losses, Rutgers right now could very easily be sitting at like one of those six, seven, eight seeds right now, rather than an eleven. Uh, they beat, and I think in a stretch of three or four straight games, they beat. Oh, it's four straight. They beat Iowa, 
Illinois, Purdue, and Wisconsin, three of them being on the road. And that right there just really kind of tells me you can beat just about anyone if you're able to win those four games back-to-back-to-back. So I think Rutgers could give Bama quite a bit of a struggle. But the good thing for Tech in that regard is – uh, Rutgers, if we were to get matched up with them, plays a very similar style to Tech. And that just kind of seems to be Tech's bread and butter when it comes to teams that we kind of dominate, or teams that play a very similar style uh, that are not great offensively, but they are close to elite defensively. Uh, I just think what that comes down to is talent. And I think when it comes down to that, there's not too many teams that are going to beat Tech based off of talent. And I think that between Rutgers and Bama, um, I th- I'm i just kind of thinking Rutgers is going to get out of this game because Notre Dame, the second half of the season, uh, they've really struggled against good teams. And I think that Rutgers is going to win that tonight. And I just think Rutgers is the one type of team that gives Bama the most struggles. Uh, they, like, you know, Bama lost games to Georgia and Mizzou this year. Those are two of the worst losses a power five or a major conference team can have. And um, Rutgers is heavily, like, much more talented, but also much more experienced. And I think that's also going to come into play. Uh, a lot of these Rutgers guys have been there. There's, I think they have two sixth year seniors and uh, multiple guys that are. are either in their fourth or fifth year of playing uh, in college right now. So I think that's going to play a major role. And I actually think that we're going to end up seeing Rutgers over Bama in the end of it. But either way, Tech should get out of this first weekend in a relatively similar fashion to what we did in 2019. Uh, I don't necessarily think that either of our games should necessarily finish close. But – that's kind of the fun of March Madness also. You never really know what's going to happen. It's impossible to predict. But theoretically speaking, we should be able to get out of this first weekend without feeling too on the edge of our seats. I mean, I don't know. Because, it, again, like I, I, I think Bama is just more talented than Rutgers and Notre Dame. Like, you know, I, I think the ceiling for Bama is higher. Um I don't know which one Tech is likely to get. I have in my bracket that Bama takes that game. I don't feel particularly good about that prediction. I thought of any of the first four, you know, matchups that could make a run. This is the one that lends itself most to it. Um, obviously, the 16 seed isn't going to go anywhere, but this one, you know, these two teams, e- either Notre Dame or Rutgers, has enough to get past Bama if Bama's not playing very well. Um, you know that 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 that's a team that was the you know definition of inconsistent. But when you're looking at Tech for round two. I guess the question I'm going to pose is this, is just how, you know, what percentage of confidence you have that Tech is able to get out of the first weekend? And I kind of got Kendall's thoughts on that, so I'm going to let Jack take it now. And, you know, what? how, how are you feeling about Tech clearing the first week and getting the Sweet 16? Uh, I also have, well, in my bracket at least, I also have Rutgers. I have Rutgers as who Tech is matched up against in the second round. And... Uh, I, you know, I feel pretty confident that we can get past them. You know, uh, a lot of these teams we match up. It's very like a very similar style, but at the same time, 
you know, like like we've mentioned before and things, you know, you got to remember, we I know we talked about this kind of heavily in the, before we geared up for the Big 12 SEC Challenge, is that a lot of these teams, you know, beat good teams, and I'm not taking away from any other teams in this bracket, but a lot of other conferences really don't play defense like the Big 12 does. The Big 12 is the toughest conference in the country for a reason. And so I think that helps every big 12 team in the tournament, but at the same time, I think it hurts other teams because, you know, even if you're an 11 seed coming in and you come out there and you, you know, you're fresh off beating a six seed. I just don't think that they're really prepared for the type of defense that tech plays. Uh, And I can honestly say that pretty much about anyone in the bracket in our, in our region, I think the only one that is going to be pretty used to it is going to be Gonzaga just because they've seen us already. And we were, I guess, severely, uh, you know, depleted in that game. So I said, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident. I'd go with, you know, I honest, to be honest, I'd go close to 90% confident that, that you see tech in at least the sweet 16. Um, again, like you said, if, if we don't get out of the first weekend, I'm going to be pretty insufferable and probably no one should talk to me or reach out or anything. Uh, but like I said, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I'd, I'd, I'd say right at 90% confident that um, that we get out of the first weekend. And for it to go down at all, I'd have to – like we'd have to barely escape Montana State. Like I'm talking like we hit a buzzer beater to advance. Like it'd have to be some serious uh, stuff that would make me question – uh, getting out of the first weekend. Reed, what about you? You know, where where do you stand on Tech clearing this and earning another Sweet 16 bid? Yeah, I think it's going to be kind of interesting to see who we uh, who we end up with because I think, um, you know, out of the three teams you can see in the second round, all three have a decent shot of, of making it to that game against you uh, if you take care of Montana State the way you should. Um, you know, I, I don't specifically know a lot about Notre Dame. I do know the ACC is just not not super strong this year. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how they play Rutgers tonight and, you know, kind of who, who pulls out of that game. Uh, my thing, I, I can see Rutgers beating Alabama. Um, but, you know, if, if they end up do doing that, I they would have to play, I mean, three games in whatever, five days. Is that right, I guess, if, if they ended up beating uh, Alabama and then playing Tech. So, you know, if, if Rutgers is to make it to you, I think they'd be a little little bit gassed, in my opinion. So uh, I, I do think they're a very good 11 seed and someone that could easily knock you off if you, you know, you let them you slip up a little bit. But um, Al- Alabama scares me a little bit just since, the, I mean, Shackelford's a heck of a player. Uh, they got a couple other guards that can hit some shots. And obviously our kryptonite is, I mean, one of them, I would say at least, probably the main one. Uh, defensively is guarding a three-point line. So if, if they get hot from there, uh, then it could be an interesting game between the two of us. You know, I'd, I'm going to go a little bit lower than 90%. I'd, I'd like to say 90%, but uh, there's a couple of things that this team, you know, has issues with that that team in 2019 was not currently having. Uh, and in my opinion, you know, we had a guy that could go and get you 25 every night with Jarrett Culver you know, in the tournament, even Matt Mooney stepped up quite a bit. So not saying anybody on this team can't do that. You're just not going to expect that from anybody every single night, <clears throat> which is a good and bad thing. You know, 
Uh, makes the defense have to respect everybody, but at the same time, if you need one bucket, you don't really have one guy you can give the ball to to go and do that for you. Um, so it's just kind of you know how you look at it in that situation. But uh, I, I do feel about seventy-five to eighty percent confident, you know, that we're going to make it into the second second weekend of the tournament. Uh, I, I think if we get out of the first weekend of the tournament, I feel I feel pretty confident about who you play in the Sweet Sixteen. I don't I don't think Duke matches up really well with us whatsoever. Uh, if they can even, you know, get out of the first weekend, I think Davidson or I can't remember the seven seed that's playing at Michigan State, I believe. Uh, I think one of those two teams could give them issues uh, in the second round. So, uh, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see who we, uh, you know, kind of run into. So there's some, there's definitely some teams that can knock each other out on the way to us. Uh, but kind of like what Jack and Kendall were saying, that nobody plays defense, you know, the way that we do uh, in the Big 12. And, you know, we're first-ranked defense in the nation for a reason. So, I think anybody who plays you is going to have some issues for sure. I personally am at, you know, like a 90% confidence rating. The only reason it's not higher is because in March, you just, you just never know. You just really never know with the tournament. You know, nobody expected that Virginia team to lose to UMCB, but you know, it happened. So it, 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 the tournament isn't random per se, but because basketball is such a game of variance, I mean, if you just don't shoot the ball well, you're going to be in a fight every game. And Tech in particular is a bad habit of going stretches where they just don't they just don't shoot the ball well. But um, I'm not concerned about Montana State, so it then becomes a question of just t- can they get past round two. I think that Tech defends at such a high level. Um, you have to always respect, you know, that that part of the game. But what I really like in tournament time is – you know, Kevin McCullough is healthy. Um, Terrence Shannon's healthy. They're as healthy as they've been all year. It looks like everybody's getting back into the swing of things. Um, so, you know, th- this is going to be a full strength tech offense. It's going to, that's shown it can score a lot of points, get out in transition, really capitalize off the defenses, uh, fo- off the defense forcing mistakes. I think against Alabama, who saw Baylor's defense. You know, you're going to be hard-pressed to, to get past Bama more so than Rutgers and Notre Dame who haven't seen anything like it. So if I'm a Tech fan, I'm kind of rooting for Bama to get downed. You never like to play somebody who has familiarity with your system. Um, and they do. They've done film study on the no middle, whereas Rutgers and Notre Dame haven't. Um, so if you play Rutgers and Notre Dame, you're, you're set really, really nice. If you play Alabama, I think you are a better team than Alabama. I think you have a, you're, you're, you're in a position to win that game comfortably too. But it, it, it is a bit less certain because they will know what to do against the no middle, and they have some guards who can make you pay. But all, all, all in all, I think you know when you're when you're talking about what wins in March, it's it's you know hard, tough defense, um, a team that can play through contact, you know, very athletic, very big, very old, you know, guys with a lot of experience, and I think Tech checks a lot of those boxes. And then you just got to check the box of just like, it, it, it just feels like it's a matter of time for Terrence Shannon to, to really take over some games. You know, take us the kind of team like Reed mentioned, where it's a whole bunch of guys that'll give you, you know, points. And every, it seems like somebody different every game takes over, but Bryson Williams has been dominant all season. It's Terrence Shannon's time to, to put string together a run reminiscent of, of, you know, what Keenan Evans and Jarrett Culver did um, during, during their, their perspective times of tech where they could just drop 20 a game. You know, it just feels like this is it's time for Terrence Shannon to do that. If he wants to get the NBA, he's now had a week to get his body right. So I think he's probably feeling as good as he's felt all year. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I feel good about Tech getting out of the first weekend. I'll feel even better if Bama gets down. 
And, you know, we'll see what happens. But the Sweet 16, I think, should be the goal for this team. You know, if you can get there, I don't think you can end this season with anything other than, you know, a sense of satisfaction because, you know, the Sweet 16 is a real accomplishment, plus everything this team went through, plus just the general um, coaching tr- turnover. You know, it, it just – that that would be the goal for me. So getting there is is something I will – be desperately hoping they can pull off. So nobody leaves this season with any, any bad feelings. Cause this was a historically important season for tech, you know, because this, this season defines where the program's going forward in the future. You didn't fade from the national perspective without Chris Beard. You stayed at the forefront of it. And that, that, that's something that can't be taken away, whatever happens in March. So I'm hoping we don't even have to have the conversation, but now we're going to, we're going to get to the sweet 16 matchup now. And, you know, looking at the bracket, you know, by the time you reach the Sweet 16, unless somebody's really having an improbable run, uh, you're more or less playing all good basketball teams. Uh, uh, depending on your perspective on Duke, I have Davidson actually clearing Duke. I think Duke's drastically overrated. And um, they got pounded by a not very good North Carolina team. They didn't look great in the, in the ACC tournament at times. And in particular, uh, I think, you know, they're just – they're primed. It just would make – it's a, a bit of a want to upset. You know, I think, I think Davidson beating them is because I want coach K's last game to end kind of sad. So, um, with how ESPN's hyped this crap up, but that's who I've got, but presumably it's going to be Duke for most people. So let's take a look at that sweet 16 matchup and I'll go to, to, uh, Kendall first with this one. Kendall is the sweet 16, you know, enough to meet, you know, the criteria for successful season one and two, how confident do you feel in Tech's potential matchups there to get through that into the Elite Eight and back into, you know, more historic track for the program? Um, I think that – I don't know. It's hard because at the beginning of the season, all of us were obviously very skeptical on where Tech was going to be at. You know, where are we going to be at the top of the conference or where are we going to be fighting for the middle on the bubble? You know, like – there was a lot of question marks. So really coming out with a three seed, there's some people that are going to look at that and say, you know, no matter what happens, we did enough in the best conference in the nation to sit there and be like, yeah, we, we kind of just had one of the better seasons of our program's history still. Cause you know, you make a big 12 championship, uh, you know, you sweep the reigning national champions and you have a lot of good wins, but there's also a lot of people, myself included, I think it's fair to move, you know, the team's goalposts as you're going. And um, I would say that a Sweet 16 definitely is successful, no matter how you look at it. Um, To finish the season, you know, as one of those top 16 teams, uh, there's really nothing that you can look at and say it was an unsuccessful year. But I definitely know that every single Tech fan out there that's filled out a bracket, that's looked at this bracket, is definitely thinking more than just a Sweet 16. So that's where it's kind of like, you know, a lot of us probably will still be disappointed if Tech were to go on to the Sweet 16 and lose. But that more so is disappointment knowing that you could have gone farther rather than being disappointed in the season. 
And I think ultimately this season can already be considered a success because we know we're on the right track. But to me, you know, there's nothing this team has has done to make me think that we aren't a Final Four team. Uh, you know, it's it getting Gonzaga could be a tough draw, but uh, you know, I think getting um someone like Duke before that is really going to prepare us well, and. I think that just overall, um, this team is bound for greatness in this tournament. But I don't know, because I'm interested to hear what Jack and uh, Reed have to say about this too. Because the the term disappointment with the season, you know, it's like because we could, you know, lose in that round of 32, but. You know, after a week of kind of sitting there, how many people are really going to look back on this season and call it a disappointment, even if we do lose before the uh, Sweet 16? Like, we went and swept Chris Beard. We uh, we swept the reigning national champs. Uh, we beat Kansas. We did a lot of things that Tech's program has never done. We made it to the second ever Big 12 title game in Kansas City. Like, I... I I'm probably going to be in the minority there where I think that no matter what happens, I think we still had a great, like we've had a great season, no matter what happens. I tend to agree. I mean, I I wrote an article about this, but the the reality situation is this team did what it's supposed to. Like I said earlier, you know, they kept you in the national conversation. They kept you where you want to be in front of recruits, in front of the nation, in front of the fan base. And that that's a box that doesn't get unchecked is, as long as you take care of business, I think, against Montana State. Um, it'll be disappointing if Tech can't make a deep run. I have Tech winning all in my bracket because I always pick Tech to win it all, but I don't see any reason the Red Raiders can't go, you know, like the Elite Eight Final Four minimum. You know, they're, 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 the road's there. Gonzaga will be tough, but otherwise I think it sets up for you. But if you make the Sweet 16 and that's it, you know, if that's the end of the day, then I'll be particularly proud of this program. Um, you, 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 you can put a banner up in the, in the gym. I mean, like that, that that's switch 16 is like an accomplishment for most schools, you know, only 16 teams every year get to do that. And in most cases that represents at least like 10 or 11 of the best teams in the country. Um, with a few others who just snuck in either through setup or by lock. Um, but you know, I won't be, I won't devalue this regular season depending on what happens in the NCAA tournament, but it would be fairly disappointing to not, to not make at least that far. Um, as for how I feel about getting out of the sweet 16, I think it depends. If you get Davidson, I feel pretty good. If you get Duke, I'd feel pretty good, but um, I think it depends. Can tech play, you know, three consistent basketball games in the big 12 tournament. You saw they played a really, really good opener, a shaky OU game. And then like, 33, 34 minutes of good basketball against Kansas before falling apart. So they're, they're just, they haven't strung together consistency. And in March, you have to be consistent every game because anybody can beat you. But I, I think that you should get through the Sweet 16. I think Tech should be considered a pretty heavy favorite to make the Elite Eight. And once you get to Gonzaga, you'll let the chips fall where they will. But um, I'm Jack, I'm going to let you weigh in here now. Then it's going to go to Reed with basically the same question. Is the Sweet 16 good enough to feel 
you know, good about the season and how do you feel about getting past the sweet 16 and beyond? I think that I, I agree with both of y'all in a, in a, in a large way. Uh, I think that honestly we could lose in the round of 64 and I would still consider this season a success just because of everything that's happened and everything that's happened just in the past, honestly in the past 11 months that have brought us to where we are now. Um, you know, we were picked, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't even remember where we were picked. I, I remember reading an article saying that we were going to finish ninth in the big 12 after beard left. And so just, just what we've done just to keep us where we are in the national spotlight, like, like you said, and, and just to keep us in, in the relevant conversation has been huge um i think that these these transfers no matter how this uh season ends up can can put their names up there in the tech history books along the lines of you know Tariq owens and and matt mooney just because of what they've accomplished and what they mean to the program um you know I, do they deserve to get to a national championship? Yes. Uh, this team has meshed so much better than anyone thought they would. And it's just really, it was just, I don't know if they themselves know what they mean to the fans and to the university and to the students and so on. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, having been a student during the 2019 run, and uh, just going to pretty much every home game that year uh, in Lubbock and, and seeing what these guys have done now and kind of watching it. I've gone to a couple games, but mostly watching it from afar. You know, these guys are right up there in my book with those guys. Um, they deserve to make it to a national championship. They work, they bust their ass and they work hard. And like I said, as far as I'm concerned, they're they're right up there in importance to me, uh, as as I know they are to others as well. Um, to consider this a in in all reality, though, to get to an elite eight and to play against the number one overall seed in the tournament, to me, would be right on the line. Like that would be where I would consider. You know, if we lose in the elite eight to the number one overall team in the tournament, I'm good with that. Uh, you know, how awesome <laughs> how awesome would it be to be the last loss of Coach K's career? I would, I would love every second of that. That'd be so amazing. But uh, I, I really just think that they have, in their own minds and in their own different ways, they're, they're already a success. Um, it's already been so much better than anything we could have ever imagined as, as the season began. So um, I would personally like to, I mean, I have also, I have them winning the national championship in my bracket, but it's truly because I believe that they can do it. Uh, I, I think that if they get the right people hot, Terrence Shannon, you know, Kevin McCuller and Bryson, if all these guys, O'Banner, uh, you know, if just if all these guys, Adonis, get going and everything, you know, it's just you keep rattling off names because they keep coming to your head. But I, I truly think that this team can at least make the Final Four. Um, you know, 
it's, I think that it's, like I said, I really do think that it's already been a success. Um, and Elite Eight would be really nice, a nice banner to hang for the first year. But I, I truly do believe that this team can at least get to the national championship game and possibly win it. Yeah, so I'm going to – I mean, y'all basically covered, you know, kind of everything I would really think of when it comes to, you know, what's considered a success this year. Uh, there's there's a lot of different measures you can kind of take to, you know, determine whether your team was successful or not. Obviously, you need to beat Montana State, in my book, uh, for this to be con- considered a success. Yes, I know what you've done over the season has been amazing, but losing a game like that uh, would just not – it would – I don't want to say it would ruin the whole season for me, but at the same time, it kind of would just because you're so heavily favored. That would just not look good to end to end a year like this, uh, and you know, in that fashion. So, uh, once once you get past that round, obviously, uh, it's it's hard to you know argue that you didn't have a good year, whether you lose in 32, 16, you know, whatever you end up going to. Um, you know, just there's. There's so many players on this team that can get hot for you that would would make this you know make this run a lot better. Um, you know it's it's going to be interesting to see kind of how how the region plays out. I I do think it's I don't know if it's the toughest region, but I think it's at least top two um, in in the tournament this year. So if if you make it to an elite eight, final four, especially you, I mean you've taken out some some very quality opponents to get there. Uh, not that other regions are bad. I just think this one's going to be particularly tough. Um, you know, for for this to be Mark Adams' first season, and you know, to build the coaching staff and and this this roster of players up the way he has is kind of unbelievable. You know, sitting sitting here ten eleven months ago, I was worried we were going to be our program was going to be in the dumps for you know maybe three to four years before we started being really competitive again. Just because you know Mark Adams has never had a, a job like this in his career uh, at this stature. Obviously, he's been a head coach in the past, but it's been nothing you know at a D1 level or anything close to it. Um, but you know, it's it's just been a phenomenal season. You know, you went undefeated at home. You, you swept Baylor and so on. Everything else you guys have mentioned. Um, so it it would it would be hard to mess up. You know what what you've done this season. Obviously, I just think you need to beat Montana State, and obviously it's going to be a success regardless. But, you know, I, I do th- kind of like what you guys say. There are aspirations to go deeper than – much deeper than that. Um, you know, you, you can get to a Final Four. Gonzaga and Duke are going to both be really tough matchups if you end up playing both of them uh, in order to get to, to New Orleans. But, you know, if, if the right guys on your team get hot when you need them to, there's definitely a chance you can get there with the, uh, the kind of defense you play. And, you know, personally, obviously Gonzaga is the number one overall seed. Uh, I, I do think it helps us that we've seen them one time already. Um, you know, obviously they've seen us one time as well. Uh, and then they won that game. But we were shorthanded uh, in terms of guys playing. And I think that was, you know, one of the worst point times of um, gelling in, ba- in our season we've had so far. That was before you played any conference games or anything. So. I think you've a lot of, played a lot more quality opponents since then. Uh, you've matured a lot. You found out a lot about your team uh, from from then to now. Uh, you know, I, I feel a lot better playing them the second time than we did the first time uh, with the healthy roster and everything you've learned between uh, those two points. So, you know, as a whole, it's it's definitely a successful year. But 
Uh, there's definitely some aspirations ahead that are easily achievable and make it even better than it has been. Had a technical stick there. Couldn't unmute. So I, I'm going to uh, hopefully not have any more problems going forward. And hopefully my editing skills are enough. You guys don't notice the problem. But regardless of what happens for the rest of this episode, we are going to move into lead eight, which does bring me to a kind of a fun thing. We're going to go over, you know, the four of us who we picked for the elite eight or who, you know, our, our brackets, I should say, because I, I, I don't want to presume that everybody picked their brackets 100% without bias but you know looking at the brackets um i think that's kind of fun to talk about is your your who you have in the elite eight who do you have advancing out of the elite eight to make up your final four um i'll go first since i've got it here in front of me so starting in the west i have gonzaga and tech the east baylor and purdue um for the south arizona and villanova and then kansas and auburn out of the midwest so my my bracket is heavily um the high seats i just don't see a lot of good upsets early on um, and the teams that are going to get upset will run into better teams later that'll knock them out. I, I just think I think this is you never get a true chalk bracket, so that's why this always makes me nervous to to pick so many you know one two pairings and one three pairings. But I just don't know who's going to knock these guys off. Baylor had some bad news earlier. If they get to the Sweet Sixteen and clear it, they should feel a lot better. But um, I I I. I don't necessarily like having, you know, a bracket like this. I just don't know who's going to get knocked out early. Um, final four, I have Tech, Purdue, Villanova, and Kansas. Again, I hate doing one, two, but I do like that I find at least a little bit of movement up up in the, um, you know, the West and East meeting where you get two, three seeds with Tech and Purdue. But I don't like that one, two, Villanova, Kansas. I don't feel great about Villanova or Arizona, but I just don't, I just don't know enough about either of those teams to know who's, you're going to clear it. And I didn't want to have two ones. You almost never see two ones make the final four um, on the same side of the bracket, but that that's who I've got coming out of mine. Um, and like I said, I, I don't like how chalky that is. I, I would rather have an upset or two up there. seems like we get at least one or two, but you know, I just don't see who's it going to be this year. I don't see the Cinderella as clear as I have in some years. There's some upsets that I definitely know are going to happen. Like province is probably going to get downed early. Texas. Another one I think gets downed early. Um, uh, Duke was one I mentioned, but I just don't see those teams sustaining their runs, um, that get through. So I'll, I'll, I'll rotate this way and we'll go to Jack. Jack, who do you have in the elite eight and advancing out? So actually I have the identical, uh, elite eight that you have. I have Gonzaga and tech out of the West, uh, Baylor and Purdue out of the East, out of the South. I have Arizona and Villanova. And then out of the Midwest, I have Kansas and Auburn. However, out of the Midwest uh, in the Sweet 16, I do have Kansas playing South Dakota State. And I also have Iowa State getting all the way to the Sweet 16, but losing to Auburn uh, to go to the Elite Eight. I also have Colorado State beating Tennessee in the South. And I have St. Mary's matching up with Baylor in the Sweet 16. Uh, that would be St. Mary's beating uh, Indiana and UCLA. Uh, I also I also have Virginia Tech beating Texas in the first round, and I obviously, in order to, for South Dakota State to play Kansas in the Sweet 16, I have them beating Providence in the first round and Iowa in the second round. Sorry, Kendall. Uh, I also have Loyola Chicago beating Ohio State 
And I have UAB beating Houston in the first round. I just don't think he, I just don't have respect for the Houston club. I just don't. Uh, I don't think they play anyone. The only game this year that I watched them play in from start to finish was against SMU, and they lost that game. I also just don't really have respect for a whole lot for a certain uh, person who won't be named on that team. Um, but once you get to the Elite Eight, uh, I have Tech beating Gonzaga and Purdue uh, as well. I, I I do have Arizona beating Villanova. I just I don't feel good about Villanova uh, even making it to the Elite Eight. Personally, I just I just think that their matchups will be against Loyola Chicago and Colorado State. So I think that they should beat those. But once they play a real team like Arizona, uh, I, I think that they fall. Um. So, yeah, again, my final four uh, is Tech, Purdue, Arizona, and Kansas. Uh, and I'll heed the floor from here. Kendall, you're up next. Who you got and who's getting out of the Elite Eight? Um, I mean, I obviously have the same Gonzaga versus uh, Tech matchup in the Elite Eight. But I kind of got a little crazy after that. I wouldn't necessarily say crazy. But um, in the East, I have St. Mary's playing Kentucky. Uh, St. Mary's right now is playing some of their best basketball, and they absolutely locked up uh, a very, like, obviously a very talented Gonzaga team. And, you know, Baylor without Cryer, um, I don't love their chances going against this St. Mary's team, who is one of the very few that is very close to Tech defensively when it just comes to how much they can stop you. Um, And then I have Arizona and Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee this year has been starting to get hot at the ju- like at the very right time. Uh, you know, they haven't played, you know, a lot of great competition. Like, they kind of lucked out in that SEC championship game playing Texas A&M over uh, Auburn or Arkansas. But they also beat Kentucky going into that. So, I think that they're um, just playing some of their best basketball right now. Uh, and shockingly in the Midwest, I do have Iowa playing Auburn, but I'm not trying to sell anyone on the Hawkeyes here, but, uh, I think I will note is they are playing. There's not a hotter team right now in the nation than Iowa the last couple months. Uh, and I think just their biggest advantage is having possibly the best player in the tournament. Uh, that's always going to help. And I just think that the way they're playing, uh, combine. I think they match up really well with Kansas. Um, I just don't think Kansas has a guy to guard Keegan Murray, and I think he's going to give the, their forwards a lot of trouble because, because of how athletic he is and how he can play on the perimeter. But uh, very similar to Jack, I do have uh, a couple upsets in that region. I have Iowa State getting out to the Sweet 16. Uh, I think LSU without the head coach is going to kind of just stumble. And, um, you know, it's going to take a lot to beat Wisconsin in Milwaukee, but uh, Coach Oates is from over in Milwaukee, so I think that he's going to – they're going to have a lot of crowd support there too. Um, And really I have a lot of the upsets that you guys kind of mentioned there. Um, I do have Vermont beating Arkansas. Uh, I don't know if anybody got a chance to catch Vermont, but the last game I watched them – they won their conference championship by o- over 40 points, and that was enough to kind of sell me on them. And in my final four, 
Um, I have Tech playing Kentucky, and I have Arizona playing Iowa in my championship. I have Texas Tech and Arizona, and I have Tech winning it. But, um, you know, the South region is one that I've really played around with. Um, I think I've had five different teams in the final four from that region uh, because I think that Arizona could win the whole region. I also think they could lose to TCU in the second round, depending on, you know, what TCU team shows up. And, you know, in a region with Loyola, um, a good Colorado State team and, uh, you know, an Illinois team that got upset early last year that's going to be coming in with uh, a pretty good mentality, I think. Uh, that whole region is kind of going to be crazy. I can see any of the top four seeds getting to the final four there. And, uh, you know, I could be completely wrong about Baylor, too. Um you know, if Cryer comes back healthy in the Sweet 16, I think they very easily could get to the Final Four. Um, I'm not very high on Purdue right now just because um, they have a very formula that's failed over and over again in the tournament, and that's uh, kind of just one of the best offenses in the nation, but probably one of the worst defenses in, with within the major conferences. That formula really hasn't worked out. Um, it killed Illinois and Iowa last year early. Uh, they had very similar statistics and ranked very similar on the metrics. And I just think that um, Kentucky coming out of that region, uh, I think they're going to give Purdue and St. Mary's both way too much they can handle. And I would have Kentucky beating Baylor too. I just feel that uh, – the Wildcats are more experienced than they usually are under uh, Coach Cal. So uh, this Kentucky team isn't your normal one. So I just think that they're going to get the job done finally. And I think they're going to get back to the final four, but Tech's going to knock them off. Reed, last but not least, how's your bracket shaping up? Yeah, I'm going to be a little bit of the uh, the guinea pig here, I guess. Uh, I do have Tech and Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. Uh, coming out of the West region. Um, and, and in Baylor's region uh, is where I've got a huge mix-up. I think Baylor without LJ Cryer uh, is, is really going to be hard for them to even get out of the first weekend, in my opinion. Uh, North Carolina, yes, they've had much better teams before uh, on paper and, you know, just playing-wise. Like, I don't I don't really know much about their guards, but um, their front court and Manic – um, and I can't remember the the big dude's name now, but he's really good. Uh, probably ACC player of the year. Uh, I I think North Carolina is going to upset him in the second round. I don't think they're even going to have a chance to get LJ Cryer back. Uh, so that's my that's my big one in that region. Um, I do have Kentucky playing North Carolina in the Elite Eight in that one with Kentucky moving on. Um, up top in that in that Arizona in that South region, Arizona. Is, is very good, obviously, but there's just something about them I'm not sold on. I don't really know what it is. Uh, I think that I think that region's kind of you know just kind of open, honestly. I think one to you know maybe the four seed has has a pretty good shot to get to the to the final four. Um, I I I considered putting Illinois over them. Um, I believe that's a Sweet 16 game. I just don't trust. Illinois enough to you know to be the one seed at this point in time, mainly because I picked them to win it all last year and they lost way too early and that kind of left a sour taste in my mouth for Illinois. So 
Uh, I steered clear of that one. I do have Tennessee beating uh, Villanova. I, I like Villanova. I like Gillespie a lot. Uh, I just think Tennessee's playing really good basketball right now. Um, you know, I, I think Tennessee can, you know, if they keep playing the way they are, they can give Arizona a run for their money in that Elite Eight game. Um, ultimately, I do have Arizona moving on there. Um, and then the region below that one, I have Kansas and Iowa in the Sweet 16. You know, I Kendall, to be honest with you, I, I heavily considered putting putting Iowa over Kansas in this one. I just I gotta have a Big 12 team make it into the Final Four. And if I'm being honest, I don't I don't I don't know how good I feel about Tech making it past Gonzaga again. Obviously, I I do feel better about the chances. It's just the odds of us beating a team like that are are, are really hard, um, especially if you don't if you I mean if you go on one of those offensive droughts for five plus minutes, I don't think we're going to be able to keep up with Gonzaga, unfortunately. So, um, not saying we will do that. I don't think we will. But if you do have that, I think it's almost a done deal. You're probably not going to beat them um, in that Elite Eight matchup. Um, but you know, coming out of that bottom one, go back to that one. I do have Kansas. Um, I think out of that, the bottom part of that region, I don't. I don't trust Auburn either. I think they're pretty young. Uh, obviously, they got a really good team this year, but um, they, they've kind of stumbled down the stretch a lot more than I thought they would. Um, that's what's kind of you know made me a little bit scared about them. Wisconsin, I don't really love either, if I'm being honest. But uh, you know, the, the guard and Johnny Davis, I think he's going to you know kind of carry them carry the massive load on his back and just take them all the way to the Elite Eight. Uh, and I think that's where they end up meeting Kansas. I do have Kansas making it past them. I I do think this is the best Kansas team. You know, with with the healthy Remy Martin, this team is really, really dangerous. You know, I think they're just now starting to hit their potential with, with Remy Martin coming back. And I don't think people really realize that, you know, they don't watch Kansas that Remy Martin's even on Kansas, if I'm being completely honest. Because uh, he was going to be a preseason player of the year in the Big 12, and he's just been non-existent until uh, you know the last week or two because of injury. Um, but I, I think he's going to help them make a really late season push to get in the Final Four. Um, and I've got them beating Arizona on that side. And then ultimately, I do have Tech beating Gonzaga. Um, you know, that's going to be a coin flip for me if we make it that far, if we beat them. But uh, for, for argument's sake, I'm going to take Tech there. And then coming out of the other region, uh, in Baylor's one-seed region, I've got Kentucky beating North Carolina to get in the Final Four. Ultimately, I do like uh, Sheebway a lot. Um, I think there's a couple guards on Kentucky that can, you know, can hit some shots and make them really difficult to beat. So I've got Tech losing to Kentucky in the Final Four. And then I've got them matching back up again with Kansas, um, you know, from that historic beatdown in Allen Fieldhouse a few months ago. I, I do think Kansas is going to get their revenge and they're going to beat Kentucky in the national championship this year. We are nearing the end of our show and I don't want to spoil, you know, the, the, the whole picture. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb here that most of the people who went to the Viva bracket challenges at picking tech to win the national title. I certainly did. What I will want to close out with, with, you know, the last minute or two before I bring this to an end is just, um, First and foremost, this is the time of year when you can pretend you know where the hell True TV is on your 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 uh, particular cable provider. I think it's it it is one of the funniest parts of the year is that little graph that shows like nobody watching True TV until exactly March, and then you see that huge spike in viewership that drops back to effectively zero. Uh, 
that that that's one thing I always enjoy. I think that's an underrated part of the year. And you know, you really arrive when you start to see that uptick. It's like when um, all I want for Christmas is you starts playing in, you know, uh, grocery stores and stuff. You know, you're finally in the Christmas season or, you know, depending where you live, it's November. But the last thing I want to close out with is just the just a reminder to tech fans um, as, as tech, you know, is playing through the tournament. There is always this sense that um, um, the, 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 there's always this sense that the team prepares uh, a, a, as they always do, right? Like the, I, I think people have a warped perception about what goes into preparation for March Madness. So, you know, expect some of these games to be close early. Halftime adjustments are going to become critical because they only get a day. I think that gets lost in all this. You get a day to refocus, get your body right, and replan on these weekend pods for who your next opponent's going to be. So this is why if, you know, Tech clears Montana State, God willing, and gets a shot at Bama, Rutgers, Notre Dame, whoever, you know, expect maybe a tighter first half than you'd like. I, 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 I think that, you know, you're going to see a lot of that. It's going to come down to Mark Adams as a coach in that second half because it's all it, the, the March Madness is all about two things: about toughness, about adjustments. Because you you cannot prepare as well as you normally do during the year. That's one of the reasons Tech has as much success as it does in the tournament. Using the no middle is because it's a tough defense to prep for in a short turnaround. But you know, if you see these tighter first halves, this is where you really get to see the coaching come in, and this is where Mark Adams can really define himself as not just you know the superstar who kept tech basketball relevant, but an all time legend, you know, get of coaching tech through the NCAA tournament. You know, there are not many coaches who win an NCAA tournament. There are not many coaches who win an NCAA tournament twice. It is extremely, extremely difficult to win and win this championship. It is the most difficult championship to win in sports. Um, so, you know, and all the, what that, if you're wondering where, where does the coaching really come in? You know, obviously your prep matters, but what really comes in is in the second half, when you found out whether or not your scouting plan is worth a damn or not, can you adjust to what you're seeing on the floor? And I, I think Tech has the staff to do that. It's one of the reasons I really like Tech's chances in his tournaments. It's besides the fact that Tech's older and tougher, Mark Adams is gonna has a great staff around him, and he himself is a great coach and can really guide Tech through that that just the trouble of not knowing enough about who you're gonna play. Um, if most of our brackets come to fruition, though, there could be a chance for you know future Big Twelve matchups down the line. We'll see about that. But um, yeah, I, I think that I'll, I'll close this out here with just the last thought being, you know, we probably will try to record going forward after each round or not after each round, excuse me, after each weekend. So you won't hear from us again until next week. Hopefully we're talking about tech in the Sweet 16 and not tech making an unexpected early departure home. But rain or shine, we'll be there. And uh, don't forget, you know, what this season meant for tech basketball, no matter what happens. As long as you avoid the upset against Montana State, I think nobody should walk away from the season disappointed. Um, but, you know, Reckham, have a good rest of your week. Um, we enjoy the game on Friday. I believe it's tipping off on TNT. So another channel that most of you probably never watch on any regular basis, but you'll catch the game there. Um, and if you have any questions about where to stream it, what to do, we have an article up on the site talking about that. Or you can just ask us on Twitter. We'll be happy to reply quickly to guide you to the right place. Um, wreck them and let's, let's go win a tournament.